Hello, welcome to Back to the Vault. My name is Pat. What's in our vault? Memories that consist of music, movies, music videos, video games, TV shows, books, and general knowledge, primarily from the 1970s till now. We will be connecting as many of these categories as possible. In movie history, why is October 21st significant? This date significant. Connect with us at Facebook, Pat's Back to the Vault, and email Pat's Back to the Vault at gmail.com. This show we will be talking primarily about Halloween songs. I Put a Spell on You, 1956, Screamin' Jay Hawkins. It was in the original Hocus Pocus movie. The witches sing the song to cast a spell on the adults of the town to make them dance so they could lure their children away. This song is featured as one of the top 500 songs of all time ranked by Rolling Stone magazine coming in at 313. Sympathy for the Devil, 1968, The Rolling Stones. Another song featured in the top 500 songs of all time coming in at number 106. I remember I used to work with a really religious guy and we listened to classic rock radio and every time the song came on he used to shut off the radio and shake his head. If you listen to the lyrics it's about the devil but he's actually there while man does all the really bad stuff. Bad Moon Rising 1969 by Clarence Clearwater Revival. Another song featured in the top 500 songs of all time ranked by Rolling Stone coming in at number 364. Superstition, 1972, Stevie Wonder. Another song featured in the top 500 songs of all time, ranked by Rolling Stone, coming in at number 74. The thing I remember about this song was when I was younger, I always thought that was a great guitar lick, the song, but it's actually played with keyboards. But it's a great song, no less. And a couple of years ago, they made a football commercial using this song and it was about the superstitions you have while watching your team don't fear the reaper blue oyster cult 1976 uh, rolling stones top 500 songs of all time coming in at number 405 this song has significance if you're a stephen king fan the book the stand has the lyrics in it and also the miniseries that was made in the 90s uses this song and really pop culture this was this was a famous snl skit with christopher walken where he kept saying the line more cowbell i remember seeing that saying on uh, t-shirts purple people eater 1958 sheb woolley I, I remember singing that song when i was a kid monster mash 1962 bobby pickett this song was featured on an episode of Happy Days from 1978 that, that aired on Halloween. And uh, the show was set in the ni 1960, but this song actually didn't come out till 1962. Boris the Spider, 1966, The Who. It was written by the bass player, John Entwistle, after he went out drinking with Billy Wyman of the Rolling Stones and they were making up funny names for animals. And the idea of... The idea of the song came to him, Boris the Spider. Frankenstein, 1973, Edgar Winter. It's our only instrumental on this list. Welcome to My Nightmare, 1975, Alice Cooper. It was his first album, and it was a concept album about children's nightmares. Running with the Devil, 1976, Van Halen. 
I always remember hearing this song for the first time and my mind was blown. One of my all-time favorite bands. And we will definitely be talking about them in future shows. Werewolves of London, 1978, Warren Zevon. It's his only top 40 song of his entire career and it peaked at number 21. Godzilla, 1977, Blue Oyster Cult. And it's a tribute to Godzilla movies. If you grew up in New England long before cable TV... We used to have this thing on Saturday afternoons called Creature Double Feature, and those are the, these are the kind of movies they used to play. Highway to Hell, 1979, ACDC. This was the last song featuring the original singer, Bon Scott. He died of alcohol poisoning in February of 1980. Devil Went Down to Georgia, 1979, Charlie Daniels. And the thing you remember most about this song is the fiddle playing. Hell's Bells, 1980, ACDC. This is from the album Back in Black. It was re released only five months after Bon Scott's death, and it was a tribute to the singer. And it is absolutely one of the greatest albums of all time and one of the best of the 80s. Thriller, 1983, Michael Jackson. One of the facts I remember about this song is they made a long video version of this, and you could actually rent it on VHS long before the DVDs and Blu-rays. Bark at the Moon, 1983, Ozzy Osbourne. And it's funny, this is his only song on the list. I'm a big Ozzy fan. I thought they'd be more. Rockwell, Somebody's Watching Me, 1984. Michael Jackson actually does the backing vocals of this song. Ghostbusters, 1984, Ray Parker Jr. Saw the movie the summer it came out with my oldest brother. And... We loved it right away. I believe it's one of the best comedy movies ever made. And we will definitely be talking about this movie more in future shows. Dead Man's Party, 1986, Oingo Boingo. This song was actually used in the movie Back to School starring Rodney Dangerfield. The band was playing at a party he was hosting. Devil Inside, In Excess. This is just a great 80s song. When the song was originally released, I didn't like it. But boy... I was wrong. It's a great song. Nightmare on My Street, 1988. DJ Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince. This song is based on the Nightmare on Elm Street movie series. Pet Cemetery, 1989, by the Ramones. It was featured in the Stephen King movie of the same name. Stephen King was a big fan of the Ramones and asked him to write a song for the movie. This is the second time... We've mentioned Stephen King. He is a big fan of ACDC, and he actually had them do the whole soundtrack to his movie, Maximum Overdrive, which came out in 1986 and starred Emilio Estevez. The best part of this movie is definitely the soundtrack. Someone like me, a huge ACDC fan, is this the best movie soundtrack ever? Living Dead Girl, 1999, Rob Zombie, is a big fan of old horror and sci-fi movies, and he used a lot of the audio at the beginning in actually through, throughout a lot of his song Dracula 1999 Rob Zombie this is from the same album as Living Dead Girl Hellbilly Deluxe it's his first album after he went solo these days he's more of a movie director and he's made a lot of horror movies that people watch this time of the year put out a remake of The Munsters which you can watch on Netflix that's all the songs we have but right now we're going to talk about a few movies celebrating birthdays Poltergeist, 1982. 
couple weeks ago, TMC had a showing of the 40th anniversary of this back in movie theaters. I remember seeing this when it came out on VHS. And I remember the, the scene I remember most about when the thunderstorm's going on outside and the, the clown doll chokes the sun and pulls him underneath the bed. Very creepy. Lost Boys, 1987. It's 35 years old. I remember seeing this movie the first week it came out with my best friend. And we just loved it right away. Probably the best vampire movie ever made. And we went out and bought the soundtrack. And it's a great soundtrack. There's many good songs on it. But I think the best one is uh, Echo and the Bunnymen do a remake of the Doors song, People Are Strange. Now this movie starred the two Corys and Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland as the main bad guy. They actually made vampires look cool. Are there any TV shows and movies that you watch around Halloween that are not traditionally Halloween movies or TV shows? Here's a few that I'm going to mention. The Warriors, 1979, it's about gangs in New York City. I remember a lot of kids dressing up as these characters for Halloween, especially uh, the, the baseball team with the face paint. And it has a great song at the end of it, In the City by Joe Walsh. E.T., 1982, 40th anniversary this year. There's actually a trick-or-treat scene right in the middle of a movie, but I don't think everyone remembers that. But for those of you who don't remember the plot of E.T., Reese's Pieces were used by Elliot to lure E.T. out of the shed. And within two weeks of the movie's, movie's premiere, e Reese's Pieces sales blew up. They dispute the actual numbers, but estimated between a 65 to 85% boost in sales. And you can't talk about E.T., the movie, without talking about E.T., the video game. Loved Atari 2600 when I was a kid played it all the time i think we got it in either 1980 or 1981 my brothers and i we loved it played it all the time played all those games but i remember when this video game came out it was designed by howard scott shaw and atari was negotiating so long to get the video game rights they didn't actually acquire them until late july and by the timing of everything to get everything made for christmas atari gave him five weeks to develop the game it is often cited as one of the worst video games of all time, some, one of the biggest commercial failures in video game hi history. And it's a major contributing factor to the video game crash of 1983. It has been mocked in popular culture. And just as uh, people know not to rush people. Urban legend says Atari in 1983, as a result of overproduction and returns of unsold game cartridges, was secretly buried in a landfill in New, in New Mexico and covered with a layer of concrete. And in April 2014, diggers were hired to investigate the claim and went back into the landfill and confirmed that the landfill contained several ET cartridges, among other games. James Heller, the former Atari manager who was in charge of the burial, was at the excavation and admitted to, to the Associated Press that 728,000 cartridges of various games, not just ET, were buried and that the dump was in fact a clearing out of the Texas Atari manufacturing plant's unsold cartridge stock and a number of the titles as well as console and computer parts. The excavation of this dump is featured in the documentary Atari Game Over. Once Bitten, 1985, it's a horror, it's, it's a horror comedy, but it's really a comedy. And it's 
It's a movie featuring a really young Jim Carrey where he plays a high school student who was bitten by a female vampire. Teen Wolf, 1985. It's about a 17-year-old that learns he's actually a werewolf and he really happens to be really good at basketball. It was released in August 23, 1985, starring Michael J. Fox, who already had a movie in the movie theaters. So for a short time, he held the number one and number two movies in the country. And the other movie was this little movie called Back to the Future. We will definitely be talking more about this movie in future shows. There was also a Teen Wolf TV show. What is your favorite Halloween candy? What do you remember? Getting when you were a little kid that you were just so excited. And you would get home, you'd dump the bag out on the kitchen table, your parents would look everything over. I was I was always like the two that I would you know didn't want to share. Reese's peanut butter cups and M and M's. But I don't know if it's me getting older, but I swear the Reese's peanut butter cups used to be bigger. But I think that's the way it is with a lot of things. Things used to be bigger. Or well we used to be smaller. One of the two. Anyway, October 21st is actually Back to the Future Day. It's the day in 1955 that Marty travels back to time in the DeLorean. That's our show. Any comments, go to Facebook, Pat's Back to the Vault, or email patsbacktothevault at gmail.com. Next week is going to be our Halloween movie and TV show. That wraps it up for this week. Thank you for listening. Good night.